Hi, I'm Shane. And I'm Michael. And this is Dad Pods, the podcast by dads for everyone. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Shane? Oh, not too bad. So we've been doing this thing where we've been taking, uh, you know, a year and looking at all the movies from that year, comedy movies from that year, and kind of ranking them, rewatchability, uh, picking our favorites. Uh, so this year, uh, this was uh, your choice this week. What uh, what uh, year are we doing? I picked 1985. Excellent year. Excellent vintage. Yeah. Just to go back, and I saw a lot of classic movies here, and I thought it would be a good one to cover. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through uh, leaving out our sort of favorites. We, we both picked a top three. Uh, spoiler alert, we, uh, sh- we shared one of our three. So we got five movies at the end that we'll talk about. But uh, we're going to go sort of uh, release date. Uh, per the year, uh, mostly just because that's how we found it on the web. True. We didn't do much work on this. No, but we thought about it a lot. You know what? We thought about it. We think about a lot of this stuff a while. Like, I, I, I'd love to have a discussion with you about, like, why I think that ultimately uh, sports without fans is going to be better. Hmm. But we'll talk about that. That's a, that's a tease for another pod. Future topic. Yeah, I think the basketball that we've had, this is, we're recording this on 8-3. The basketball we've had for like, that started over the weekend has been really, really good. Hmm. And like, there's no fans, so there's like a whole bunch of space around the court. Hmm. So there's like, you're not right up on top of the fans. So like, players can like jump out into the crowd a little bit and sure. not hurt themselves. But anyway, so I, I digress. All right. Talk about movies. <laughs> 1985. So the first movie, uh, do you want to take this one? I'll, I'll take or, this one. The sure, first, you take first one. movie, uh, many people will list in their top movies of all time. And, and, we, and neither and, one of us did. And neither one of us did. And neither one of, and, but we're also not upset if somebody did. Yeah. This movie's The Breakfast Club. Yes. I think when, when people talk about this movie, it's the classic teen comedy. Yeah. Right. John Hughes. Right up there with hey, the smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> whatever. Yes, yes. What did I get for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or whatever is it? A job? Yes, Dad. Under, can I have another? Uh, they're all hanging out at detention, and yep. they're very different. They're different, they're very, except for race. Sure, they're all very white. Super um, white. But you've got the jock, and you've got the nerd, and you've got the iconoclastic rebel, and you've got the pretty girl and you've got mm-hmm. the outcast so you've got like everybody's trope yep and um, they become friends they sure they do uh i do think if you remade it now you'd probably vary up things a little bit oh yeah there would be at least at least 40 percent of the cast if not more would be people of color sure there would there would be definitely at least one if not two uh lbgtq totally like cute st- characters statistically that would have to happen sure sure particularly nowadays in, in sort of high school yeah. i actually think it would be an interesting i don't know that they should remake the movie but i wonder if they should remake the casting like cast it yeah just to, just, just like talk that. about it yeah. just to just cast it and talk about it yeah it's interesting for a lot of different reasons it's a good movie um, oh yeah i think neither of us, i haven't rewatched in a long time i didn't list it because i couldn't remember the problematic bits very well yeah there's some issue I think there's some issue around um, uh, consent and mm-hmm. and sort of male female sort of interactions yeah. that are a little bit problematic. Uh, plus the race stuff. Plus, uh, um, I just honestly the the three I picked I I just like a little bit better. 
Yeah, yeah. I picked ones um, that I know I like. That's yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, but like, if if we were to do like, if I were to watch this this weekend uh, with my kid, which I don't think I would have any objection to. Sure. Um, and I was like, oh god, you know what? I really missed that. Um, I, I I putting it in my top three would not be a, a, a terrible thing. Sure. Um, I do think that uh, you know, I think it was a movie that we talked about. Was it a movie we talked about a couple weeks ago in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Um, Probably. That is also a John Hills Hughes movie that I think is a little bit better and holds up a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Ferris Bueller, not really anything wrong with that movie. No, except the fact that it's also very white. Also very white. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these movies, when we, when we go back and look at a lot of these movies from the 80s and certainly the early 90s, before there was a lot of, um, you know, casting with diversity in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anybody wonders about that concept, just go watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. That is like the ultimate in understanding that casting with diversity in mind matters. Or, and, or even uh, the, the point that we're trying to make is like, even in a school in Chicago in the 80s, you're not reflecting reality. You don't, you're, right. you're, you're so right. unrepresenting. You don't reflect what's actually there. Right. That's got to be a problem. Unless that were a private school. Which it wasn't. Which it wasn't. It was, it was intended to be a public school. And unless it were a private school, which probably, let's face it, is not going to have detention on Saturday. True. You know, so the idea that you would have detention on a Saturday, uh, let's keep in mind that chances are a good 30 or 40% of that cast, if not more so, would have been people of color. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Breakfast Club, I recommend it. I think it's a, it's a good movie. All right. It's funny. Um, and uh, if only the, the, the principal in that film is really, really funny. Yeah, totally. Can't remember the actor's name. And it's the, we get the full uh, Judd Hirsch. Judd, uh, Judd Hirsch? Nose guy. Judd oh. Hirsch. Is that his name? I, can't I don't remember. remember. Molly Ringwald's in the movie too. Yeah, it's a good movie. Emilio Estevez. Ali Sheedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah anyway. Uh, the next movie we have on here, according to release date, is Brazil. So this is a movie directed by Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame. This stars Jonathan Price. It's got... Every British actor you can think of mm-hmm. is in this film, uh, including Robert De Niro for some reason. <laughs> Just randomly. Uh, this, is, this is a very, very weird, weird film. Uh, visually stunning. Uh, plot is bizarre and dystopian. We probably should have included it in our dystopian podcast, uh, yeah. but we didn't have enough time. Uh, this is wickedly funny in places. It's also a movie that I don't know that I'd ever want to watch again. No, I uh, but it's, I saw it the first time, but I think it's, it's, it's one of those, if dude, if you're going to like a, if you're want to write a screenplay or if you want to go into film school, you should watch this. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a film school kind of movie. Yeah. Um, interesting visuals that are still interesting today. I still mm-hmm. remember some of them like to this very day, even though I've seen it once. Yeah. So Terry Gilliam, after he does like the, the Monty Python stuff, when you think about Holy Grail, Life of Brian, uh, all those things, the idea that what, they, what he did was this, and then after this, if you think about what he did, he tried to make that uh, Don Quixote movie for like That's right. a decade and a half, and it was completely cursed. And part of the curse was 
just he's a crazy nut job person, yeah. right? Um, it's amazing that this film, in the in the way that it ended up, got made sure. and got released and got put in a theater. I can't imagine seeing that movie in a theater. I was we were I was eleven. I did not see Brazil in the theater. Yeah, nowadays this movie would never make it to theaters. Oh no, this movie would never get. I mean, there was so much cocaine that was done. Yeah, this would be that, might be Netflix. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe I, even even then, I just think the the narrative structure of it is just so weird that I don't know yeah. that it would actually get made as a movie. But but Brazil, if yeah. you're going to if you're going to UC, USC film school, you should uh, check it, check it out. Yeah, totally. So the next up is very much a weird niche cult classic uh, that I picked called Brewster's Millions, starring Richard Pryor. And let me R.I.P. R.I.P. I'll read the plot to you. So the the Brewster in it, he has a like a great uncle that he's never met. And he's left him, he gives him a choice. You can inherit a million dollars up front. No questions that. Just get a million dollars. Or you could spend $30 million in 30 days and inherit $300 million. And of course, Brewster decides, well... He's going to try to spend the money. He's going to try to spend it. So it's a madcap dash to spend money as fast as possible. There, there is a stipulation. You can't just, you can't just spend it and like, oh, I'm just going to buy a house and be done with it. It has to burn. It has to go away. Right. He has to spend it on stuff that cannot, he cannot keep a single penny of it at the end. Right, right. And so people see him spending and they think, you're crazy. You've got $30 million. Like you could be doing all these things. And he's just spending it frivol- as frivolously as possible. He buys the upside down stamp of the airplane. And he sends right. it so it gets stamped and then it like obviously goes away. He spends right. it so that he can go to Cub Stadium and like pitch for a day. Like he does right. like, random, random things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the plots there, people are working against him and uh, hijinks ensue. This was remade and as a movie called uh, A Million to Juan. Uh, basically, oh, really? instead, of, instead okay. of Richard Pryor, it was a Hispanic. I don't actually remember who started it. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Richard Pryor, I actually think is the best stand-up comedian of all time. Yes, excellent. Just stuff. tremendously good. Um, I'm not sure that he's done three good movies. No, most this of them watch- are. This is watchable. This you can I'm sure. I'm sure this yeah. one's good. Uh, like most of them are really, really problematic. Yeah. Like, he was doing the kinds of movies that, when you think about why Dave Chappelle walked away from the Chappelle Show. Yep. He was doing the kinds of movies that Chappelle walked away from doing. Yeah. And with his show. Like I'm actually like sure if I was, watch this again, this is probably problematic. I'm sure it is. I'm mean, sure it is. Like there's a lot of the stuff that uh, that Richard Pryor did that was very, very problematic. Yeah. I mean, all power to him. He was getting paid and getting Oh yeah, yeah. He made brain. a brand. He helped um, set up things for future comedians down the line. But uh, Right, 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 right. I mean he made he made Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle possible, right? Like that's true. Yeah. But uh, he was just like if you get a chance to watch Richard Pryor on uh, stand up mm-hmm. YouTube or whatever special that he's that they've got up for him, watch it. He's yeah. f- freaking funny. Super important uh, culturally. Richard yeah. Pryor, rest in peace. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cocoon, speaking of rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cocoon came out in 1985. Um, one of the stars of this uh, just passed away a couple days ago, Riff, yep. Wilford Brindley. Uh, he of oatmeal and diabetes fame. True. Uh, um, this movie is a, is a, is a weird movie. It's like an alien sort of, uh, people get old and then they, uh, go into this sort of cocoon thing and they never die. 
They just they, they, be, they feel young after going into Right. The they feel young forever. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a funny movie. It's, uh, it's kind of the... It's uh, Steve Gutenberg is in this movie. I think, yeah. is it Jack Lemmon is in this movie? Not Jack Every Lemmon. old actor of the time. Yeah. Was in Every it. old actor at the time that they could get that was in this, mo- was in this movie. Um, it's charming. Uh, charming. I wouldn't, it, it's not laugh out loud funny, and I'm not sure all of the jokes sort of hold up now. Probably but not. Uh, what's interesting is, so Wilford Brimley looks like he's 175 years old in this movie. Yes. He is only about 57 years old or 56 years old. Which is crazy. It's crazy. So, because he looks like he's a grandpa. Um, and he may very, very well may have been mm-hmm. uh, at 56 years old. But, um, you know, with plastic surgery and new technologies, people live, that, live longer and look a little different. So, for example, I think Tom Cruise is right now today about five or six years older than Wilford Brimley was. <laughs> he's at the Wilford Brimley line. Yeah, and there is the cocoon, and there's a great Twitter feed. It's the it's like the Wilford Brimley and Cocoon line. So it's like whenever anybody gets to that age, any celebrity, mm-hmm. they go ahead and tweet tweet out. It's like so and so has reached this kind of age, and I think we're we're approaching like the the like the Jen Aniston and different sort of era people. When you think about you know like people that are approaching that approaching that age, they don't look the way they did in 1985. They sure don't. <laughs> totally. And so funny movie. Yeah, funny movie. I I don't know that I'd recommend it, but it's no. Uh, well, actually, it's, for history, maybe. Sure. If it's on, I mean, it's not bad. No, it's certainly it, not bad. And and this is kind of again, the premise of what we're going for. Like the movies we're listing, they're for the most part watchable, and we sure. are we're not even listing our favorites yet. No. I mean, we had Breakfast Club, which should be on most people's favorites. But, yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely you should watch it. If you're a fan of mm-hmm. movies, watch it. Next up yes. is European Vacation, which is another also, one. You should probably if you're watch a fan this. of movies, you should watch it. Hey, kids, it's Ben Beck, Big Ben. Yeah. Classic comedy. Uh, if, you, if you've watched any of the National Lampoon's movies, the other Vacation, this is actually better than Vacation, I think. Yeah. European Vacation is kind of an upgrade in every way. Well, I think when we when we did 1987, we talked about the uh, the uh, the run of Steve Martin mm-hmm. in this in this year. This is uh, movie one of a run of Chevy Chase. Yeah, but Chevy Chase became yeah. Chevy Chase became a little bit of a you know he had a failed talk show and he had mm-hmm. after this year I'm not sure that he had any good movies. <laughs> no. um, but uh, this was a year of Chevy Chase where he was as good as anybody's ever been in terms of like starring in really funny comedy movies. Yeah. Yeah. European vacation is a classic eighties comedy. Yeah. This could have again been in our top three. It just wasn't. Sure. Sure. It's not quite as good as vacation, but it's still pretty good. Right, so uh, I, probably... I think it's better. I like European vacation. Okay. Better. Tell me why. Uh, I like the locale. I love the seeing all the European things. I think that enhances it because that like mm-hmm. it adds this, this flair to it. There, there's some gags like them driving around in the roundabout forever. Big Ben. Hey kids, it's Big Ben. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, to, I, I like this one better just because I, I feel like those things make it more iconic. I think for me, I, I agree with you actually um, because, well, I think, I think Christmas vacation might probably be more people's favorites nowadays. That's true. Yeah. Um, but 
but this movie sort of hit in my wheelhouse where I was watching it. I think it was a PG-13 movie. Yeah, yeah. It came out when I was like 11. Mm -hmm. So I might have seen this in the theater, but I certainly saw it when it came on like uh, HBO or VCR or whatever it came out. When, you know, whenever it came out. I remember seeing this movie so many times. Um, Yeah, there's lots of reasons. And there's a couple of reasons, you know, as as a teen, as a, 11 year old yeah yeah we don't need to go into those but (laughs) we don't need to go into that no but it made it very popular at the time there's a very good popular um yeah so uh our next movie Mm. speaking of uh teenage boys weird science yeah so this is uh uh another movie from uh i'm trying to think who the actor was that was also in breakfast club now that i think uh uh, anthony michael hall yep so anthony michael hall is uh, one of the pair of friends. I don't remember what the other guy's name is because no one does. He's not. He's famous. never been in anything else. Yep. No. Uh, Bill Paxton plays his older brother. Yep. Um, and so Anthony Michael Hall and this other kid, they have computer powers. Somehow computers can do way more than they could possibly do. Even today. Yeah. yeah today. Back in 1985. And they make Kelly LeBrock. Yeah, their computer can make a person, which is... <laughs> no, no, no. They make Kelly LeBron. Um, <laughs> other fun things in this movie. Uh, actually, so Bill Paxton, Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie. Yes, he is. <laughs> which is ridiculous that he's in it. Um, have we mentioned cocaine as a big factor in 1985 yet? I think yeah. we should. Yeah, we probably should. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of cocaine on this one. Kids, don't do drugs. Definitely don't. Uh, you really don't need to. No need. Like no, 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 no. You watch this movie sober. I did. It's a weird movie. It's a very weird movie. I think it's funny. It's super funny. Yeah. They turn they turn Bill Pax into a giant blob of something at the end. Yeah. They their their computer makes cars. Yeah. They can each have really awesome like Lamborghini cars. I think their computer gets hit by lightning. Is that what happens? Somehow that gets hit by lightning plus it accesses a government computer and that allows them to make a person. It's stupid. Yeah, don't worry about the plot. Yeah. That's they make awesome. Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all you need to know. Yeah. It's weird. It's yes, it is. It's funny. Sort of. It's it's watchable. It's very watchable. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think they even I think somebody remade this as a like a TV show, didn't they? Oh, I I, I did not follow Maybe. that. Anyhow, maybe yeah, maybe I didn't read it right. Next up, Jewel of the Nile. So this is a sequel to Romancing the Stone. Yep, which is Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner and Danny DeVito, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has the group. So the plot of it is that uh, Kathleen Turner is a romance novelist. And she sort of meets in *Romancing the Stone*. She sort of meets the uh, the real life protagonist of her of her uh, mm-hmm. of her romance novels, some right. sort of swashbuckling action romantic guy, played by Michael Douglas. To be Michael Douglas. Yeah, which now a little bit of a weird mi- miscasting. I guess. <laughs> right now, I mean, you'd Michael be like, Douglas what the is hell? really good. Michael Douglas is really good actor, but he's not like the typical sort of manly man, rugged action star he's not harrison ford of, no this and this this should have had harrison ford in it. right but right. he's busy doing other things at this time yeah he was doing indiana star wars yeah so anyhow fun movie <laughs> this one yeah fun. fun movie this is a good sequel um mm-hmm. 
I, I do not remember the, the plot except for the fact that Jewel is, in fact, spoiler alert, a person. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And it's set mostly in Africa, like Egypt. Yeah. And, and again, like, we aren't talking about our top three each. And, like, this is just, like, another movie within this year. Very solid. Yeah. Yeah. And people could love this movie. Yeah. Speaking of a movie you love, this mm-hmm. did not make your uh, top three. It's one of my but, favorites, uh, though. Yeah. That's yeah. So, uh this uh this next movie is called Real Genius, stars Val Kilmer. Yep. Val Kilmer, uh I don't remember anyone else that's made it to be famous after It doesn't that. matter. This was I think this was the Val Kilmer year where he was in Top Gun as well. It was either this year or the next year. Oh, well, it wasn't a comedy, so we didn't get to list it. No, we didn't. Now, we this movie have an entire Top Gun. Yeah, this movie could have made my top 3. I I thought okay. about it a lot. I really like this movie. It's, uh, you know, these kids that are like, it's called Real Genius because all these kids are at this smart program, University for Geniuses. And then they have this program and it turns out the government's trying to use them for something that they don't really want to do and hijinks ensue. It's, uh, I like movies that are about like, you know, kids that are kind of getting back at adults in general. And that's honestly a theme of this entire year. When you look at like Breakfast Club, Mm -hmm. um, Weird Science, Real Genius, and uh, like three or four of the movies that we haven't even mentioned yet. Yeah, we we won't get to mention until later. Yeah, but like the the mid-80s were like a classic. I mean, obviously everybody remembers John Hughes, but there was so much that was influenced by him. And also just like people realized, like moviegoers realized, or movie makers realized that moviegoers were like 12 years old yep. or they were 15 years old yeah. and they, they wanted to see someone that was like them. That was the hero. And I actually think in this time and age, like a movie like real genius is kind of good. It's a little, you know, it's, it's a little bit of this thing of like kids, you should learn to like a little bit, look at what your authority figures are doing and like you can challenge it. Maybe you have power. Mm Mm-hmm. Not no, to say this, that this is like a brilliant movie, but it's funny. No, but this this is something that could totally be quote unquote remade, but with a different title and not have to pay the remaking remaking rights. Oh, totally, the plot is fine. And, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and the plot is so minimal that like they they could just like it could be some like um, like Asian girl and she's like totally. a computer genius, and then whoa, yeah, with hacker, movie. yeah, with modern day like computer stuff, like that's this is like a plot that's easy to remake completely. Yeah. They're making an app instead of making whatever the heck they're making. Speaking of hackers, did you hear about the, the hack? They caught the hacker that did the Twitter hack a few weeks ago? No. Oh, we'll have to talk online about this, but it was a 17-year-old kid with a group of other teenagers in Florida. That's why they didn't make more money. Be- because Florida. Yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> okay. Well, next up. Oh, Where boy. Where are we? Teen Wolf. <laughs> Teen Wolf. So... The second famous, the second most famous Michael J. Fox movie of the year. Same year. Yeah. Same year. Yep. So this is, this is, I don't know how he, like, he did, so he did a movie that we're going to mention that would have taken a little bit more of his time, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Plus he was on a TV show at the same time. And then he stars in Teen Wolf, where he had to be put in at least three hours of makeup every day when he yep. was the wolf. Though I think for a lot of the basketball stunts, they had somebody else, because I they made te- <laughs> because they made Michael J. Fox about eight inches taller. Yeah. So 
Michael J. Fox becomes a werewolf. It's a werewolf movie. It's not very good. No. It's no. fun. It's fun. And they this I know they made into a TV show and they made it into like a dark like they So they buffyized it. They did Buffy Eyes Teen Wolf. Yeah. Uh I apparently it's actually kind of good. I I I've just okay. reviews, but like I I'll I'm take not, your word for that. I I'm probably, not going to watch it. Yeah. I, no. No, no, no. I'm not going to watch it. You know what? I'm never going to watch Teen Wolf again. Unless I'm, it's on. So like I've actually just, seen Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2. The sequel. I've seen Teen Wolf 2 too. That's Jason Bateman. Yes. Same idea. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm not sure why they didn't just throw more money at Michael J. Fox at the time. But. Yeah. I don't even know if that sequel was necessary, but you know. <laughs> it's, it's silly. It is very silly. But, you know, again, watchable, and it's from this year. You could watch sure. it yeah. now. It's probably racist some way that I don't know or don't remember. Yeah, all the basketball players are white. That's racist. That's crazy. <laughs> even in the <laughs> 80s. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. All talk the basketball about, players are white. Talk about poor representation. And 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 Michael J. Fox was on the basketball team before he was the wolf. Yeah. That and Michael make sense. J. Fox, if you know anything about him, is like five foot nothing. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. All right. Next up, this is a classic movie. Remarkably didn't make either of our lists, but it it's really good. Uh, Better off dead. Yeah. It's in so the John Michael- John Cusack Pantheon. Yes. Uh, John Cusack, for those of you who don't know, was – and he's, a, he's an odd bird because I don't think that John Cusack is classically handsome. Right? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. He's a little odd-looking, yep. but he is also, like, of a generation. I think he spoke to a lot of – he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, even today, does still makes really interesting choices with his stuff. Uh, makes, a, makes an incredible – weird uh role in a movie that we talked about a couple weeks ago a nick cage movie called uh con air uh some reason john cusack is in that movie why not but uh but why not uh so he was like the sort of the more grown-up of the teen idols of the 80s Mm -hmm. is that fair yeah 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 even in this movie it's it speaks to a lot of things about like i don't know not fitting in not feeling like you have anything yeah. Uh, Better Off Dead's really good, and yeah. uh, I think it holds up okay. It's the classic, he's a ski bum, but lives in a, like a suburby area yep. with his mom, and the evil, the father of the evil friend, not friend, is going to tear down this suburb and put in a country yeah. club or something. A, yeah. a plot that could be reused and probably has been reused a dozen oh, times. Oh, a billion times, yeah. So this I is, think this they is have a, to have like a ski race at the end or something. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's silly, but it's it's yeah. done well. I think it's, it's so it's so silly that I think it was made. I think there was a South Park episode that completely made fun of the plot. Sure, which doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, right. All right, so, but uh, Cusack was super charming. You've got this, mm-hmm. the run of Cusack with like this better. Uh, 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 say anything. Uh, say anything. Yep. Uh, there was a, there was another one too. I can't remember it, but. Um, you know, leading into High Fidelity, which happened in the mid-90s, but, you know. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, he's great. Angsty, angst, angsty John Cusack. Angsty is the word we're looking for. Right. Yeah, he could be your favorite actor, and people wouldn't bat an eyelash, right? Sure, sure. So the next one up, uh, I've seen it. And, okay, uh, I have not seen it, so I'm called, going to uh, sit back and just sip my... Uh, Tampopo, and it's uh, by a very famous Japanese director called Juzo Itami. 
Mm-hmm. It's about the, uh, a ramen shop. And it's really, it's one of those anthology movies. Like the, the overall plot is about this ramen shop. But in between, there's all these stories. The whole point in the movie is it's about food. So okay. it's stories about food. And there's like these weird little vignettes about like food. And uh, it's actually, it's very watchable even as an American audience. The reason I want to talk about it though is about this director who was really famous in Japan. Later on, he goes, directs this movie called Minbo, which is uh, making fun of the Yakuza. And it's about- That's hard to do in Japan. It, well, and I'm about to get to just how hard it was to do. You know, this woman who takes on the Yakuza and she wins. He was later killed by the Yakuza for making this movie. He Ouch. somehow commits suicide falling off of a, uh, a building. And it was later revealed by a member of the Yakuza that they, they threatened to either shoot him or he had to jump off the building. It's like, well, if you jump off the building, you might survive. So he jumped yeah. off and of course did right. not survive. And then they, they planted a suicide note, which was obviously false, like mm-hmm. false on its face that everyone's like, this wasn't him. This doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. And later on, we find out that he was killed by the Yakuza for making a movie that made fun of the Yakuza. Somebody didn't have a sense of humor, I guess. Apparently not, no. But Tom Popo, brilliant. His movies, all brilliant. Look them yeah. up. Watch this movie. It's a good movie. Check it out. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, okay, so this is the last of our movies that don't fall in our top. Yep. Group. Um, I really wanted to put this movie in my top. And this I is a very good movie. Out, yeah. I just couldn't figure out what movie to bump from my top three. I, I'm the same. Yeah. So, so this is another Chevy Chase movie. This is Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. This is the movie called Spies Like Us. Mm-hmm. So this is two kind of uh, this is like a buddy copish movie, but they're not cops. But it's uh, the two of them are civil servants, and they both take like a CIA test. Yep. And Chevy Chase is kind of an idiot because he plays a great idiot, and. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is a little bit more straight-laced, but not much more, but he's like, not barely. much more straight-laced. <laughs> Just, Just barely. barely. Yeah. Just barely more competent. Uh, and they both get recruited into being spies, um, spying on the Russians and yeah. trying to, 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 to f- stop nuclear war. Yeah, uh, yeah. And somehow they get involved with a plot that involves like a missile that whatever. The, a missile that they have to somehow stop. It's just... Yeah. The plot doesn't matter. The fact that it's two amazing comedians. Yes, at the height. At the height of their powers, mm-hmm. sort of just improvising stuff all over the place. Yeah, and this one has the doctor, 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 that, that yeah. exchange, yeah. which is a classic yeah. exchange. If you've never mm-hmm. seen it, just look it up on YouTube. Great. Yeah, yeah. What's a dick for to pee with? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe this is the third movie he does this year. I know, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, who's kind of become like a like a little bit of a joke, just just because of how much of a diva he was around the the, the TV show yeah. community, and, uh, so, and how he, he hasn't done a good movie in a while, and he had a fade talk, failed talk shows. I know, and so I love the show Community. That's like one of my mm-hmm. all time favorite sitcoms, and he's in it, and he's brilliant in it as, mm-hmm. as he would be. Um, he clearly didn't appreciate being on a sitcom. Right. Like the, the big issues he had. Well, number one which has to be said right at the top is he was racist on the set. So sure. people didn't like that too. Uh, black. You shouldn't, you shouldn't don't, don't be racist. Uh, don't be racist on the set. Uh, you have two key black uh, cast members. One of whom is childish Gambino, <laughs> obviously very talented. So yeah. like, 
and you happen to have them on the same cast. Yeah. So yeah. he clearly has problems. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for his behavior. Yep. Uh, and you know he should be called out for it. Um, I think. Uh, I think the other thing, you know, Chevy Chase now is a 65 year old, 65 plus year old yeah. man. Yeah. And probably isn't keen on working the level that you would have to work to be on a, be on a sitcom. Yeah. And, and there were a lot of issues on that set. Um, they would shoot till like 2am and he was probably yeah. too old to do that. And like I, yeah. I, people on the cast were friends with them and they, they try to defend, like they, they can't defend the racism, but they understand like, look, things happened. This yeah. probably wasn't the best environment for him. Right. And let's not, I mean, and you know, going back to 1985 cocaine, true let's let's keep in mind that he and dan Aykroyd would have been probably doing rails off of somebody yeah. at two o'clock in the morning yeah yeah yeah. and that totally. would have kept him going i imagine that in 2014 that probably wasn't happening right so chevy as you're listening to our podcast as i sure i'm sure you are oh yeah you know what i've heard that he's a listener yeah. um <laughs> you know i i i i appreciate everything that you did in the mid 80s yep stop being racist Please apologize get some help. to every yes they get wouldn't accept do you. some yes do some do some reading yep. um you know i hear that uh, there's lots of lots of books you can read mm-hmm. i think uh what was it episode maybe 10 or 11 of our pod mm-hmm. where we talked about talked about the protests and we talked about yeah uh, systemic racism go back and listen to that yeah i'm not saying that we're experts but you know we mentioned some some books that you should read some some movies yeah. that you could watch you'd be a little better than you are now yeah okay Going back. No. Oh. Going back. Okay, so how about we go, we'll leave the one that we share together. Yep, at the very end. For the end, because I think that one deserves to be I like that. So you want me to go first, and then you go? I do, then, yeah, yeah, because okay. it's in order. So so I'm going Chevy again. I'm going Fletch. Great movie. Great movie. So Chevy plays, this is like Chevy, just Chevy. Mm-hmm. This is almost all him. Yeah, Chevy the playing Chevy. movie is funny because Chevy is Chevy. Uh, so he plays uh, Fletch, who's a private investigator in Los Angeles. He is uh, six, foot, six foot five, starter for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, six foot nine with Afro. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, it's a really, really hilarious movie. Don't worry about the plot. It doesn't matter. He's no. trying to figure out like who killed this or what happened to this guy. And it turns who out- Who cares about it? Death. It doesn't matter. Timothy Hutton is in the movie, but it doesn't matter. Um, I mean- he goes so far in this film to, to, as a, as a private investigator, he gets a, he gets a rectal exam, which is funny, yeah. which is hugely funny. There's just, there's just hilarious. Oh, he's not a private investigator. He's a, he's a reporter. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I, I oh, sure, he does, sure. yeah, well, he does sort of barely does the same kind of thing. He works for a newspaper. Right. So he's writing an article about something. It doesn't matter. Um, this is a mystery. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. a miss. It's definitely a mystery. Yeah. Uh, there is a little bit of a twist at the end. Spoiler alert. Doesn't matter. Really doesn't uh, matter. But yeah. he is funny in every scene. Yeah. Classic movie. Classic 80s Classic. movie. Yeah. Uh, great choice. Uh, mm-hmm. So my pick up next is a, a movie we've shown the kids recently, somewhat recently, uh, called what's it, The Goonies. Classic, classic Oregon movie. Yes. Kids uh, Searching for Treasure, which is always a popular topic with kids. It's always a popular thing. The... the the cast in this film is amazing. Oh, totally is. That they're kids. So you've got one of the Corys. You've got, I think it's mm-hmm. Feldman. Yep. You've got um, future Thanos. Yep. You got, uh, Thanos. You got your Thanos in it. 
Yeah, I yeah and you've that. got uh, future Sam from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You got yeah. Martha Plimpton, too. Martha Plimpton? Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, I'm trying to think. And then the, the chunky, the, no, it's not the same guy. But then the chunk guy with the, the, the dance. Yeah, John. John uh, oh, yeah, Chunk. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Cohen. <laughs> yeah. He's not the guy that eventually became the, that's the Stand By Me fat kid. Yeah, different fat. Stand by me, fat kid became like a heart. Oh, you know who we're forgetting in the the what's it called the Fratelli gang? Uh, Joey Pants. Oh yes, Joey <laughs> Pants. Which is he ridiculous. of Sopranos fame. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then you also have the mom from Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah. Uh, and this Ramsey. is a great movie. It's it's this is a, a lot this of is fun. an incredibly good movie. Yeah. Uh, we can attest. Uh, last Thanksgiving, we actually showed our three children mm-hmm. uh, that film, and two of them liked it. Yeah, yeah. The, the the one that was too cool for school did not like it, which is okay. She won't like yeah. a lot of things. I bet you, if you showed it to her without the other two kids around, she might like it. She might. Where she didn't have to be like, oh, there's little kids around me. Yeah, this is a good movie. This is just like yes. it just holds up. It's an excellent movie. Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Totally good. I recommend it. And funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, where are we next? So, in order to just flip flop, you should do the the last one there. Okay. So, um, so this, this was released later, later in the year. This movie is Clue, mm-hmm. based on the classic board game. Speaking of amazing casts, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, uh, Tim Curry plays the butler. Yep. You've got um, Martin Mull plays Colonel Mustard. You've got Leslie Ann Warren plays Miss Scarlet. You've got uh, Christopher Lloyd playing – oh, this is a year for Christopher Lloyd, too. Yeah. Um, Christopher Lloyd plays Professor Plum. Yep. Uh, and I've forgotten some of the others. It's got um, the guy from This Is Spinal Tap plays Mr. Green. Oh, yeah. You've got. Right. <laughs> this I is forgot. an amazing, amazingly funny movie. That's what um, a cast. For so a many, game. so many amazing, so many amazing performances. Madeline Kahn plays Mrs. White. That's right. Uh, and then. Uh, God, I cannot remember the, the the woman who plays Miss Peacock, but she is also an amazing actress. Um, Miss Peacock, are I'm you IMDb? I, 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 right I am doing that right now. And uh, but anyway, so Eileen so Brennan. it's a it's Eileen Brennan. So yeah. it is ostensibly a murder mystery mm-hmm. uh, where people just keep dying left and right. Yep. Uh, Tim Curry is play. It's it's one of the most amazing comedic performances you will ever see a single person perform in. Mm-hmm. He is so fast and so quick with every one of his lines. Everything he says is so funny. Yep. Down right down from wiping dog poo off of his shoe at the very, in the very first scene to to you get a letter and you get a letter and you get a letter and you get a letter yeah. you get a letter you get a letter. Uh, everything is so quick. There's so many inside jokes. Like uh, to make a long story short, too late. Yeah. Just everything in this film is just so funny. Uh, I recently watched it again. It holds up. Okay. It is amazingly brilliant. It's like a near perfect comedic movie. Yeah, and I remember this a lot. And I remember it. I've watched it so many times. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I would watch it with a friend's house. And like, there are three alternate endings. Three alternate endings. It was known. Was this a VCR movie at first, or was it in theaters? I'm sure it was. It was 1985. Yeah, and I thought that was the the point of it at first. It's like, oh yeah, you could watch this to see the different endings, and it really is just a way of uh, adding you know, more jokes. Is all yeah. it was. They so they had good. more they had more jokes than they had um, actual like time to tell them. 
So they wanted to just tell more jokes. Oh, so here, yeah, this is the uh, Wikipedia page. Theaters received one of the three endings. Some theaters announced which ending the viewer would see. That's crazy. You can go in and not see all of it. I I only saw it on VHS. I'm sure I only saw it on VHS too. Yeah, brilliant. Really good. Mm -hmm. So going back in time, my my, uh, pick that we don't share is uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes, Paul Rubens, Pee-wee's... Pee Wee Herman. Herman. Yeah, this is introducing Pee Wee Herman to the masses. It's a Tim Burton film and classic Tim Burton in being absolutely insane visually. Super weird. Awesome. Like, open has this great uh, Rube Goldberg machine. We've talked about that in some other movies. Yeah. Uh, Pee Wee's in a search for his bike, which has been stolen. Uh-huh. Which is, which is some, for some reason, in the basement of the Alamo, which doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or he thinks it is. <laughs> and uh, some crazy, not CGI at the time, it was like claymation, as well as just like madcap adventures. Pee Wee Herman doing this crazy dance to uh, tequila, the song Tequila. I hope I didn't just violate some sort of level of. Uh, yeah, I don't think they'll get us. I don't think we did. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, so. This is almost to the level of when we were talking about Brazil in terms of like just weirdness to this film. Um, You have to get over the fact that, so so Pee Wee Herman is this created character that is largely like adolescent, but he's an adult. Yep. And, uh, you know, he later on started a TV show called Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse. Right, super popular. Or did that come first? No, that's later. That's definitely that's later. later. He might have had like a stage thing because later on okay. there's like the the Pee Wee's Playhouse like for HBO right. thing. Okay, yeah. So um, which I think Pee Wee's Playhouse started uh, had uh, Lawrence Fishburne in it. As a, yes, it did. As a as a as, a, <laughs> really as an famous, aside. Yeah. people in it. I mean, he must have taken the blue pill. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is you have to get over a little bit of that because he is like this adult sort of childlike character mm-hmm. but uh but peewee's peewee's big adventure really funny movie yep. um you know the 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 jokes come f- fast yep. and a lot of it is just the fact that this is just a really weird 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 world that tim burton has created yeah so it's it's so if you're thinking about tim burton and you're thinking about the Batman movies that he directed, or if you're thinking about Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. or even if you're thinking about Big Fish, yeah, this is much more like Edward Scissorhands than any of those films. So this is yeah. a little bit more like that. Like there's a there's heart to it, but there's also just bizarreness. Yeah, it's awesomely surreal. Uh, yes, I love this yeah. movie. It's like a Salvador Dali painting. Yeah, come to life, and it's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we at the end? We are now at the end. Our shared. We movie. are at the end. So uh, this this film. This is. Uh, we've talked about this, I think, in another pod when yep. we were talking about action films. Back to the Future. Da 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 da. Yeah. Um, and almost. I mean, we've talked about. I mean, it's an almost perfect movie. Great. Plot wise, it just it holds up. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, there's a little bit of uh, rapiness near at the end. So if you're watching it, this, your kids are older, it's okay. It's, it's just not okay if their kids are too young. Like, yeah. this is, the bad guy is trying to do something really bad. Yeah, the bad guy is trying to do really something really bad. It's not they PG now. Him. They stop they him. They stop him. Thank goodness. And, yeah. uh, and, 
you know, it's clear that what the bad guy was doing was really bad. Yep. Like there's no gray area yep. about, you know, uh, anything. Although the only problem I would have is the bad guy doesn't get to wash my car in the future. <laughs> that's what he's doing. He's out of my Fair life. Enough. That's Fair the enough. only That's the only bad issue. Guy, yeah. No, bad guy probably should, you know, face, face the potential of a, of a court. Yeah, as much as I can. And if I can't, yeah. he's out of my life. And yeah. that's the end of it. I mean, 1955, probably not going to, you know. He won't. He won't. Yeah, you won't get anywhere. But, but it does, he doesn't have to wash Mine. my car. <laughs> so. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think I, I do think that there was a little bit of poetic justice and sort of the, for the. That's why they do the, it. Yeah, that's why they do it. I mean, it's 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 just a it's a good storytelling device. Yeah. Michael to J. Make Fox. Him sort of, yeah. Michael J. Fox, another Michael J. Fox movie. This is the Michael J. Fox movie. If you're going to watch it. Oh, it's absolutely classic. Undeniably classic. Great yeah. movie. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, his I think it's his first directorial. Movie, yeah, it? he was on some other films. Cinematographer, yeah, he was like a cinematographer. He Special effects. Came out of the Spielberg tree. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is brilliant, just all the way around. Um, you know, you've got uh, just classic moments, classic performances. Um, we mentioned Christopher Lloyd and Clue. Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd is probably much more famous for this film. Oh yeah. And he is he is the comedic element that keeps the movie going. Yep. Um, this movie originally you know some of the stories about this right so like eric stoltz was originally marty mcfly i've, I've seen that footage and it's and they, wild and they did most of the movie like a lot of the movie they recorded it yeah and it totally doesn't work which is crazy yeah apparently stoltz was really good at the skateboard scenes mm. and uh like the guitar playing scene mm. because he was kind of more of a dark brooding you know that kind of guy he was into that stuff yeah yeah and Marty Mc, but he couldn't do any of the comedic stuff. Yeah. And and Michael J. Fox was just like, this is what I do. He's he's I, has been a, a sitcom actor. forever, right? Like yeah, a, yeah, he is like like if you think about like the classic sitcom actors, it's like Ted Danson, yep, uh, Alan Alda, and this guy. Yeah, yeah. In terms it's, of like, it's a perfect role for Michael J. Fox, and yeah. it's it's great. I can't. And and while you've seen some of the footage, I can't imagine would not have worked actually working yeah your um, kids are old enough talking. you sh- show this to them it's a really good movie yeah, yeah definitely I'd say 13 14 you're fine yeah. maybe maybe not 9 and 11 like mine mm-hmm. but no yeah that's it that's it for 1985 a good year yeah it's a really good like everything we've mentioned is watchable and we've mentioned some real classics the classic yeah. movies that would be a lot of people's favorite of all time yeah I think uh, Back to the Future, Goonies, Clue, Fletch, mm-hmm. Pee Wee's—they're all up there. Even Breakfast Club, yeah, you know, which didn't stuff, make our top five. Stuff we didn't mention would easily be in people's <laughs> top five of all time. Yeah, yeah, it's a good year. Almost as good as 1987. I don't know that we're ever going to find anything like 1987 again. Yeah, that—that's tough. There, just the depth of movies in there that year was really tremendous. But the but this is an excellent excellent year. All right. So, uh, Dad Bot of the Week. Do we want? I mean. Do we give it to Chevy Chase just because he had a really good year, or do we do we say you know what you were kind of racist as a 65 year old man? I'm gonna go. We're not gonna give it to Chevy Chase. Okay, let's give it in memoriam to Wilford Brimley. You know what? You're absolutely right. He is probably granddad bod of the week. Sure, he can count as that. We'll call him that. Sure, but um, uh, he was a really good actor. 
mm-hmm. uh, not just in Goonies, which is his prob- more of it, one of his more famous roles. He was, you know, was kind of a bit like a character actor in most of his films, but he was in lots of really classic films. Like he was in The Natural. He was the baseball yep. coach. Yep. He was in The Firm, the first sort of John Grisham movie that got scary to in the firm. Yep. Scary in the firm. Yeah. Uh, he played he played a similar character as the post office as a post as a post guy a postmaster general or whatever sure. in uh, in Seinfeld. Sure. <laughs> if you remember that role, uh, I, I barely do, but yeah. Yeah. Or he he scares. I think he scares Kramer. Yeah. Uh, but, into some in, out of some sort of postal he'll, scam. He'll always be the oatmeal guy. Sure. So. The oatmeal guy, diabetes, uh, and actually really helped a lot of people. He, be, he was doing those diabetes uh, PSAs throughout the 90s. As we, as we were sort of in our 20s, who knows how much that sort of affected our lives and made us, you know, sure. not just eat sugary cereal and stuff like that. Yeah, That's and eat some oatmeal life. instead. Yeah. Keep you, Wolford Brimley. I like oatmeal. Now I, I throw, um, you know, brown oh. sugar in it. Oh, a ton of it. Just, just a oh, whole, yeah. whole bag. And butter. Yeah. And butter. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's my move. Anyhow. Well, thank anyway, you, Wilford Shane. Wilford Brindley. <laughs> yes. uh, Brindley uh, dad bot of the week. Excellent choice. Yes. R.I.P. R.I.P. Thank yes. you, Shane. Thank you, Mike.